It's a moment in this country that's recognized as a turning point for English-speaking settlers who came to this country. This is where you see the first arrival of enslaved individuals. These were people that were taken. They were restricted in movement. Their futures were then determined for them by other sets of people, not by themselves. This country, for I would say most of its history has not really seen that as a signal moment. I mean, when you ask people what are the signal moments, they talk about the American Revolution, they talk about you know the settlements in other parts of the Eastern Seaboard, they may talk about the Declaration of Independence, the First Continental Congress, all of these different kinds of things, but this is one of those moments that really was a determinant of how the history of this country transpired, and it's something that's often missed. 400 years ago, African slaves were brought to an English-speaking colony in the Americas for the first time. To mark that seminal moment, Carolina's Sonia Haynes Stone Center for Black Culture and History will host its 1619 Collective Memory Symposium on November 11th, with the help of 20 campus and community partners. Welcome to Well Said the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's official storytelling podcast. On today's episode, the director of the Stone Center, Joseph Jordan, describes how the center is marking this fateful moment in American history and why it's so important to do so. We're people who value history. We're people who understand the importance of legacies and how those legacies affect our fortunes today. If we try to hide some of those very, very difficult moments or periods, then we're not able to fully realize who we are and understand who we are. You know, even for many years, we weren't even talking about slavery as a part of this country's history. I believe 1619 has to be in that conversation because we've never fully come to grips with it. You know, this 400th anniversary, this Carter Centennial, is an important moment to be able to go back and kind of interrogate the meanings in different ways from different perspectives and with a new eye. The Stone Center will mark this anniversary with the Collective Memories Project. The symposium will feature two keynote speeches, but it will also have roundtable discussions where experts and members of the audience can wonder out loud. When you have a conversation, it tends to be more free-flowing. It's not so predictable. It also allows multiple voices to speak on a theme as opposed to limiting them to a single simple subject or a single line of thought. The conversation also means that the audience isn't separated from the quote-unquote experts. The audience has an opportunity to engage. You oftentimes have as many individuals in the audience who have background in some of this work as you have up in front of the microphones. So we want to make make it possible for those voices to be heard, to enable some questions. The so-called layperson oftentimes can ask the most incisive questions. It's such a, I guess, a non-academic approach in some ways, but to me, it's deeply academic and intellectual. I would say Socratic or Du Boisian or some other approach to it, it opens up so many possibilities for new discoveries. Experts in the audience will be answering questions and maybe asking more than they answer. The experts at this symposium are Chief Lynette Alston of the Nottoway Indian Tribe of Virginia, who were natives in the area where the first slaves arrived, and Chin, who leads the Middle Passage Ceremonies and Port Markers Project 
Purifay, who's an heir to the Tuscarora Indian Nation, Jessica Krug from George Washington University, who researches the area in Angola, where those slaves in 1619 came from, Freddie Parker from North Carolina Central University, who's done substantial work on runaway slaves and slave rebellions, Alan Rice of the University of Central Lancashire in England, whose research focuses on how Europeans think about this period of history, and Neil Roberts of Williams College, who researches what the concept of freedom meant to people who were not free. We want to have a sort of multivocal conversation where different voices are able to talk about their interpretation of the events. I remember we used to always have this kind of thing where people said, well, where were you when this event happened? My first month here at UNC, 9-11 happened. And I can tell you exactly where I was, what I thought, what I felt was happening. And I'm certain that other people could do the same thing. Well, we don't have the advantage of having the people who were here in 1619 to do that. But we do have people who have put some thought into what those conversations may have been like. We have people who have looked at the historical record to get a sense of at least what was put on paper. Of course, everybody wasn't literate. The people who were coming over in chains didn't have a chance to put their words down. We still want to be able to imagine that and to do it in a sort of logical and stepwise fashion. Joseph wants the symposium to share the voices and perspectives from several different communities. You think about communities, particularly communities of indigenous people, oftentimes who have retreated from these kinds of events because they don't feel that their ways of understanding and knowing are always respected. You find the same thing sometimes in African-American communities where this memory, you hear now in intellectual circles, this memory of trauma and how it's understood. And sometimes in universities and in scholarly halls, it's dismissed out of hand. Well, we're not going to dismiss it. If we come to gathering after gathering and that concept is continually brought up, then we as scholars and researchers have a responsibility to try to understand why that's there. So that's what we hope to do. We hope to have a space that engages and really accepts fully the university's statements about itself, that this is a place for discovery. It's a place where people's thoughts ideas, conceptualizations about their own images are welcome. Even if we don't necessarily agree with them, we are welcoming to them so that whatever it is can be debated, it can be discussed. The Stone Center's Collective Memories Project is a result of the great work that people at Carolina have done for many years. We have faculty here who've done remarkable and very, very interesting work around the life of enslaved people. We've had people here who've done remarkable work in the political science side, the legal side, and the historical side about the status of individuals who first came here. But there have been other projects that tried to, to make sense of that historical moment, but also tried to make sense of why we shun that history or we're afraid to look at it. Why is it that the interpretations can vary widely? This is a natural for UNC, and the thing that's, I think, important for us to also realize is that both the provost's office and the chancellor's office have supported the project. So it's a UNC project, and it's a UNC project that really focuses on some of the best aspects of the intellectual enterprise. 
this is not out of character for Carolina. It's not. On any given night, you can go someplace on this campus and there are conversations going on, very serious conversations about some of the issues we'll be talking about. Some of them are formal, meaning they are actually formal programs, lectures, or whatever. But you can see conversations going on around tables. You can see students on their own looking into these kinds of events, sponsoring their own informal gatherings in their own spaces. Can't tell you that the conversations will all be along the same lines, but the fact that they happen instantiates the notion that Carolina is a place where serious intellectual work goes on that is intended to have real consequences outside of the campus. For this project, Joseph wants to have an effect on this campus in the community, and beyond. This is a relentless pursuit of understanding truth, if you want to use that word, I don't use it very much, objective truth, even if you want to say that. This is what advances us as a people. The more we understand, the better we are able to make it as a people. Sometimes the conversations take 20 years. I think that coming out of this, people will be inspired in some cases to include information like this in their courses. Notably, we've invited teachers from throughout the state to be a part of this. We know that there's a set of teacher educators that will be coming through to be in the audience because we're going to live stream it. It means that other teachers and and folks that are engaged in education of young people will be able to listen to it. It also means that people who are in their homes, who had always hoped that something like this would happen, would be able to hear it. This is a special moment, but this is like a part of that ripple in the stream, that this is just the next ripple. To acknowledge and participate in those ripples, Joseph says, is what being human's all about. This is what you sign up for. And I don't mean sign up to come to Carolina. When you sign up to be a serious individual and a serious human being who's interested in human progress, if you have to go and stand on a corner and listen to somebody on a soapbox to get more knowledge, you do it. If you are a person who wants to go down to the library and get more knowledge, you do it. If you listen to podcasts to get more knowledge, you do it. You never give up. It's a relentless pursuit. As you go along, you reach these moments where, you know, you can sit back and breathe. Okay, I feel better about that. I think I understand better. Even if I don't agree with what's coming out, I know why that's being said. There are things to this day that I have studied almost every year of my life, and I still don't understand them, but I can appreciate them. And that's what we do. That's why we're in this university. If you'd like to go to the 1619 Collective Memory Symposium, you can register on the Stone Center's website. That's stonecenter.unc.edu. The event is November 11th at the Stone Center. Please share your story idea with us on Twitter at UNC or send us an email at wellsaid@unc.edu. You can find Well Said wherever you listen to podcasts. So we hope you'll invite a friend to listen too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Well Said. See you next week. <laughs>